It's true. The majority of students today are so cravenly PC they wouldn't know a good time if it was sitting on their face. But there's one thing that will always unite us in them. They're young. They may not realize it yet. They've got the same raging hormones, the same self-destructive desire to get boldly trashed and wildly out of control. Look out that window. That's not a protest. That is cry for help. They're begging us. Please have a party. Feed us drinks. Get us laid. Hey, this is Angela, your lifeguard, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, it's Corey, your best lifeguard, and this is the Pool Scene Podcast. This is your lifeguard, Matt. Whether you're just dipping those toes or diving into the deep end with us, thanks for listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hi, I'm Rob Leonard, one of your lifeguards, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Are you just sitting around your dorm rooms playing cards and eating pizza? Is this the way you spent the majority of your four years in college? Would you like tonight to be different, but you just don't have any place to go? Well, now you do, so turn off your radios and head on over. Tonight at the pit, everyone gets laid. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. We don't have a nickname for our studio, but we share a similar sentiment. To the building called The Pit in this week's movie. I am Nivik Yadarb. I'm joined as always by Jim <laughs> you or fucking, Midge. You fucking Star Wars character? That's my name backwards first. And oh, last. is it? Nivik Yadarb. Hi, um, Midge. Yep. <laughs> I can't. I'm all trying to think. So. Back. Uh, Midge Olabek from the planet Navoon. Good. <laughs> sure this week we are talking about a favorite of ours oh big time favorite easily the movie i quote the most 1994's extremely quotable pcu directed by hart bachner who was kevin yes he was harry ellis in die hard his biggest that was probably his biggest role hans booby hans booby he was good at the cocaine too yeah he was we brought this movie up briefly in our Encino Man episode, which you can listen to on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Jeremy Piven can be heard in the DVD commentary that the actors were prohibited from improvising. Now, you've watched the DVD commentary twice. Track, twice. And I don't know the whole story of how that played out, but I will say this movie's hilarious. Piven got like a horrible bacteriological infection. He got, uh, he was doing was a bunch malaria? of charity. Yeah, charity and he got malaria. He lost like 30 pounds in the one scene. You're like, God, he yeah. looks horrible. He smoked in this movie. He smoked a lot of cigarettes, but he doesn't smoke. So I think he smoked like crushed up berries or something, something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this movie's hilarious. It's well acted, has a great soundtrack. It's truly funny 26 years later. So it's a cult movie. Even if Hart Bachner didn't allow them to improvise, I'm glad because of how it turned out. It's still weird to me that Ellis, one of the weirdest assholes in movie history, somehow became a director, especially of this movie, of all things. Yeah, right. So this movie was released in April of 94. But it actually sat on the shelf for over a year it's crazy, before it? it was released. So, Jim, let us know about the budget, the box office, 
for PCU, along with how we were living in April of 94. April 29th, 1994, PCU, aka Port Chester University, was released on a budget of $8 million Hart Buckner dollars. All right, that's huge. How much did it made? Half that. Made $4 million. Yikes. Huge bomb. Absolutely huge bomb. What was going on in 1994? A big thing for Kevin and I being Indians fans. It was the debut of the Indians Heaven on Earth, which will always be to me, Jacobs Field, a.k.a. the Jake. Yep. The Indians beat the Seattle Mariners 4-3 to three at the first game at the Jake. Big event. Huge. It was a big thing in Cleveland about one reason that the Browns left Cleveland is because they refused to build a new stadium for the Browns, but they put all the money into the Gateway Project, which involved Gundarina and the Jake. They sold 455 consecutive games out. Yes. And now they can't sell two consecutive out. <laughs> I still think what should happen, I'm going to go on a quick tangent real quick. Yeah. The Browns... It's not a competitive advantage to where they play in the elements. Like the last two Browns games, they played in snow and rain and winds. Should have built a dome. They should have built a dome, but they had to hurry the stadium because in order to bring the team back by 99, the concrete jungle, they had to build the ode to concrete from a pre-existing stadium layout. So what should happen? Indians can't sell out their stadium anymore. They should build the Indians a new stadium by CSU. Okay. That holds 30, 35,000 small, you know, baseball yeah. stadium. The Browns should build a dome where the Indians are. I totally agree with that. Especially because when you drive into the city on 480, 77, whatever it is. You see the stadium right there. You would see this beautiful dome. And if it's like one of the modern ones with a big clear glass. I agree. Look amazing. Say what you want about Municipal Stadium, the old Muni. I loved it. It was quirky. Yeah. The troughs in the men's room always were overflowing See, with piss. I, I never like baseball and football sharing a stadium. Yeah. Because it's just awkward, but. Uh, your muddy cutting venture yeah. that all teams used to do. Yep. The, Kevin, we're at to bring it down again. There was, this <laughs> oh. is a major, this is a super depressing event. The beginnings of the Rwandan genocide. Oh. Happened in April of 94. I actually thought like a joke was coming. No, not at all. There's no jokes here. This but, uh, was yeah, it's awful. Former President Bill Clinton's biggest regret was not going in to stop the genocides. He said that was his one biggest regret of his presidency. And the final thing, not I, the blowjob. He almost got thrown out of office for a blowjob. Yet what this asshole just did the past four years, whatever. Yeah. I used to work for WMMS. Jeff and Flash had their last day on April 14th. Jeff Kinsbach who just retired this past year. He's a Cleveland legend. I've met Jeff Kinsbach, an amazing guy. The amazing Jeff and Flash show ended on 94, which ended up leading into the big Howard Stern event, the known as the Cleveland Funeral. Stern wanted to bury WMS, and the program director at the time pulled the plug on his big concert in downtown Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Huge, huge event. The number one song in America... And it, because this guy is now just an asshole. So it's R. Kelly's Bump and Grind. Ooh. Was the number one song in America. The number one movie in America, Bad Girls. The Madeline Stowe vehicle, Bad Girls. Drew Barrymore. Oh. I, yeah. I, it took, like, I'm frozen for it's a, a second. It's a Western. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when I remembered that it was a Western, so. And now, <laughs> our favorite segment of the news, your Alan Jackson April 1994 update. People started looking at me different, put me up on this pedestal like I was some kind of saint or something, you know, and I was like, man, I'm just a saint or simple. So a lot of people seem to have forgotten that Alan Jackson 
launched a protest at the 1994 American Country Music Awards. Wow. In 1994, it was held at the Universal Amphitheater in L.A. Allen walked away that night with the top male vocalist honored and co-hosted with Reba McIntyre. But when it came to performing his number one single of one of his signature era songs, Gone Country, it just didn't sit right to Alan Jackson because they wanted him to pantomime it. And he refused to do pantomiming. He was also wearing a shirt of Hank Williams on it. And that nice. was another big controversy thing. So what he decided to do to kind of give his middle finger to everybody running the show, he decided to tell his drummer during the performance, play without sticks. So he's up there with no (laughs) sticks air drumming the entire time because Alan Jackson said, hey, I'm trying to be an original guy. I ain't farting on no snare drum. (laughs) I ain't farting on no snare drum. And we sure as hell ain't playing no pantomime. Why? Because he said, and I quote, I've gone country. And that was your Alan Jackson update. For 1994. That's the best one yet. That's the best one because there's a whole website. That's why Al, as I call him, is my my cyborg Al is my avatar in the Oasis. That's right. Alan Jackson, man, standing up for his principles. All right. So I've got something big about this movie, PCU, that we'll discuss in logic. At least I think it's big. You may know and be like, no, that's dumb. Uh, But first, the plot. Tom Lawrence is a high school senior visiting Port Chester University and multi-year senior Draws is assigned to show Tom around campus. Draws explains to Tom how fraternities and sororities are outlawed at Port Chester University and the campus is dominated by political correctness, hence PCU, PC University. Oh, correct. nice play on words. Yeah. Draws lives in the pit with a number of others, which is a party house personified. Aside from getting in the middle of the pit's war with unofficial fraternity, balls and shaft, accident prone Tom manages to make enemies with almost every single group on campus. The president of the university wants to kick the students of the pit off campus. The leader of balls and shaft has a vested interest in this because balls and shaft will get the building if that happens randall p mcpherson yes you remember this guy he skippered hitler's catamaran during the war played by david spade part of that plan is president garcia thompson hits the pit with their damage bill from the previous semester if this goes unpaid their house will be seized so the pit plans to throw a party Hence, everyone gets laid. We get a ton of hijinks here, which will likely come up later. But ultimately, George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic play the party. Hello, Port Chester University. (laughs) This is George Clinton. George Clinton. Parliament Funkadelic. And a Parliament Funkadelic. And all of the groups on campus chasing Tom get led to the party, and it's an all-time great college rager while it lasts. Everyone came together for one night and got along. The pit raises the money needed, but are still going to get kicked off campus for complaints against them. The next morning, the pit sabotages the school's bicentennial. All of campus joins together in unison. We're not gonna protest! Yes, or... Alan, Alan Jackson, he is going to protest. That's right. At the bicentennial, all of campus comes together. They sabotage the whole thing. And the trustees fire President Garcia Thompson because she can't keep them in line. Tom decides he's coming to PCU in the fall where he'll live in the pit where they've got their house back. The movie ends with Rand being chased by all of the groups on campus. And Jim, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into characters. Let's do it. Who is your daddy and what does he do? 
have Jeremy Piven as James Draws Andrews. He's a multi-year senior. Now, the big thing about this, Jeremy Piven seemed to de-age over time. Jeremy Piven was 28 years old in this movie. Yeah. Damn near looked 48. Yep. Now you look at him, he looks 32 with he, air. Yeah, and he's 63. Yeah. Uh, Chris Young as Tom Lawrence. Now, interestingly enough, Steve Zahn auditioned for this role. How interesting would that have been? Don't like it. With the Zahn. Love Steve Zahn. Not here. Would have been weird. Yeah, this would have been right before That Thing You Do. Yes. The guy from Hepcat plays Moles. Ah, I love Moles. John Favreau as Gutter. John Favreau, who went on to have involvement with Marvel and direct things. He brought the Marvel universe to what it became. gained weight and lost weight several times. Here he plays a stoner with dreadlocks. Megan Ward as Katie. We talked about her in In Encino Man. And then who else do we have? David Spade again is Rand McPherson. Those guys have some cool names like Bantam Draper, Bantam Draper, Carter Prescott. And then a, so Samantha in the movie, Sam played by someone named Sarah Trigger. I don't think she did anything else. Ashley Judd read for this role. That would have been weird. Yeah, really. Cause I granted she wasn't known as much yet, except for just the daughter of, was it Winona Judd? I don't know whose daughter. One of the Judd sisters. Yeah. Uh, Jake Busey plays Mersh. He's perfect. It's probably one of his best roles. Mersh and Jerry Town. Don't forget about Jerry Town. Yeah, Jerry Town, Mersh, Cosmo, and the Giggler, Theo Caldwell. Others, George Clinton as himself, Parliament Uh, Funkadelic as themselves. Kevin, say George Clinton's name, right? George Clinton (laughs) and the Parliament Funkadelic. Funkadelic. So which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? Let's be honest. Tom spends most of the movie running. So let's Chris Young, I believe his name. Yeah. Because I remember him from the John Candy, Dan Aykroyd movie, The Great Outdoors, which is a great comedy movie. We might cover it one day. I really, really think the standout is what's uh, what's his name that does the thesis on the couch? We've talked about Pig this. Man. Love Pigman. A bridge too far. <laughs> Kane and Hackman in the same movie. Together, this is my thesis, man. This is my closing arguments. I couldn't stop watching TV. For the longest time, I thought it was Andre Agassi. <laughs> what? I was like, what? I thought it was Andre Agassi. Hey, Andre Agassi, do you want to play in this stoner college comedy? I thought it was him doing sure. a Kane Hackman theory. I, but it's Piven. Me and you, uh, great minds, think alike because my favorite performances in this movie are all those background pit characters. They're the best. Cecilia, Raji, Deej, the Daves, Pigman. Oh, I love the background. The, one of my, we'll talk about it in a minute. All right, let's get into best scenes. Let's do it. Right when draws realizes he's going to have to show the prefrosh tom around they go out into the quad to the big what would you call it all the tables are set up everybody has their own campaign everybody has their own protest message is what they stand for here's the deal you got to get all this 50s cornball shit out of your head it's a whole new ball game on campus these days and they call it pc pc Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. And if you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, see these girls? No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales. Gays in the military now. Free Nelson Mandela. They freed him already. They come across the womenists. Yes. He's coming over here. Sisters, from a wall. No, you don't have to do that. Uh, hi, how you doing? Uh, is Sam in there? In there? 
What's that supposed to mean? Yeah, cockman oppressor. Uh, thank you. Maybe one of you could just tell her that Mr. Pokey stopped by. What the hell was that, Mr. Pokey? I think he meant his, uh, phallus. You participated in a phallus naming? No. No, I have no idea. You stay away from him, Sam. He's an animal. And Draws meets Sam. They've had a past because her womenists surround her. Piven says this line that is just, it's a throwaway line, but I love it. How does it get better to go, hey, is Sam in there? I don't know what is about that line, <laughs> but it makes me laugh my ass off every time. But the one woman who plays the main the yeah. main womanist. Yeah, she looks like the singer of Four Non Blondes. Yeah. That's actually my next favorite one, which is the brew dog scene. Oh. So as people are starting, and I'll just transition into my my first. So as people are transitioning into this party, so Tom, the pre-frosh, has been getting chased by every group on campus. He's Meat Tosser! Yeah, he's tripped over thesis wires. He's pissed off every group. He's Murphy lawed everything. He, just being clumsy. They all chase him and they're trying to have this party to raise enough money to pay their, their bill at the pit. So somehow they redirect this entire angry crowd towards the pit. Gutter has accidentally brought George Clinton to the pit as well. Not knowing it. And they're going to play. So all these people outside, they're waiting to get in. are like, is that really George Clinton? And that's why they're coming. Yeah. They hear the beat kick in. So as the womenists file inside, <laughs> This guy, frat guy, sees girls, they want to buy him a beer. And he goes up, and this is, we'll just play the sequence. Do it, man. Go on. Hey. Hey. Hey, What's up, babes? Pack up your rape culture and take a hike. (laughs) You want a brew dog? We're not interested in your penis. Wait, wait. I think he's offering us a beer. Um, yes, we would like a beer. All right. Okay. So it's, would you like a brew dog? We're not interested in your penis. <laughs> I think they're offering us a beer. Yes, I would like, like a beer. beer. It's so great. And then the party, it's a killer party. Oh, All the groups, excellent. you know. But George, they only charged five bucks a head at the door. Yeah. And I think if you're watching, so George Clinton's group was supposed to play somewhere. They got lost. Yeah. Gutter was supposed to get alcohol for the party and he missed it. Fell asleep in the parking lot. Can you blow me where the Pampers yeah, is? Yeah, fell asleep in the parking lot. And so George Clinton's bus gives him a ride, and then they come in, use the bathroom, play. They only charge $5. I think if you watch this movie, they only play three or four songs. Yes. It's like play, a half-hour party. They play Stomp? Actually, I think they only play two. Yeah, I think you're right. Three songs. They play like, about so it. it's a 20-minute concert. A 20-minute party. They charge five bucks. So and you don't think George Clinton would want a cut of that money? I, they're charging a buck a ply for toilet paper. One or two plies. Hold it. One or two. What? One or two. <laughs> two. Four bucks. Four bucks. Light a match. Have you ever, and not to sound gross, people, but I think a lot of you out there would go along with me. Have you ever tried wiping your ass with just two little plies of toilet paper? So two more things I have to say about this scene. No, 
I haven't. And uh, there's the old military trick where you get one ply, cut a hole in the middle, stick your finger up your ass, you wipe your finger on the way back up. Yeah, it's uh, there's a hole. Uh, but <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so my brother saw George Clinton in concert. Okay. Punk, and he's in the front row and he's up against the guardrail or whatever. And he lights up a joint and instantly security like starts like pulls him over the rail, starts yeah. escorting him. George Clinton stops and pulls my brother up on stage and basically saved him from getting kicked out. That's a lot better story than when New Jack the Wrestler called me to the (laughs) ring. Hey, motherfucker, are these chains real? I've never almost wanted to shit my pants in front of 500 people more in my life. Your brother got a cool experience with George Clinton. And I almost got killed by a murderer. Yeah. So there you go. So the other uh, bonus in this uh, party scene is Tom tripped. You know, everybody else, they're able to help. They're going to basically, they say they're going to take Tom to the basement, kick his ass. They don't. All the other groups are happy with that. But a number of computer people, you know, working in the labs lost their, very stereotype, lost their theses. (laughs) So he tripped on the corner, stole our theses. Yeah. So draws has them come to the basement where he's going to sell them. <laughs> it just thought on me where you're going with this. Okay. What's your major? Um, particle physics. Yeah, that's a tough one. Ooh, motion of helium atoms in an excited state. Watch out. It's a scorcher. Next. Uh, Sanskrit. Sanskrit. You're majoring in a 5,000 year old dead language. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. It's Latin. It's the best I can do. Next. Phys ed. Phys ed. Okay, st- you're out of my room. Seriously, get out. And <laughs> the best is he's asking, what, what's, your, what's your major? And the one guy says, phys ed. He's like, get, get the hell out of here. Leave. Next guy comes in. Uh, Sanskrit. Sanskrit. A 3,000-year-old dead language. <laughs> Latin. Best I can do. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, so that's that's great. He's selling theses. Somehow they still all enjoy their 20-minute party. I also love when they decide to hijack the party for all the the upper echelon of the school for uh, President Garcia Thompson, Band of Drapers behind the bar, and they proceed to lock the doors with the club. Now, we all remember oh, before yeah. car alarms, yes. there was the club. They proceed to lock it, lock the CD player thing, which... Who couldn't just grab the handles and yes, rip it open? Just rip the doors off the hinges. Put on Afternoon Delight on repeat and decide to do a Grand Theft Auto of what they thought was Rand's car. Which one's Rand's? Cherry Beamer. Thanks, Dad. Hey there, BD. Andrews, you're not supposed to be here. Hey, now, that is one great tie. Is that yours or did you borrow it? It's mine. Really? That is amazing. Where did you get that? Because I've been looking for something just like this. What are those? Those little snails? They're jockeys. Really? Because uh, they look like snails. Listen, uh, what kind of beer do you got? Uh, well, we don't have... You know, on second thought, what am I doing? I'm driving. Make it a scotch on the rocks. What? You're right. You're a good friend, BD. You saved my life. I mean that. You're a hell of a guy. I'm never going to forget this. When they come out and go, ooh, new car. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. And they throw the kegs right through the convertible top. So, yeah, so let's get into that a bit. So they assign Gutter to get the booze for the party. He yes. falls asleep in the parking lot. He he didn't exhale. The bong hit. Ah, uh, uh, the C-SPAN. Yes. So 
they he falls asleep in the parking lot. They don't get the booze. They have no booze for the party. So they have a map of where kegs are spotted on campus. We've got loose keg sightings near the freshman dorm. Two cases of Zinfandel spotted near the faculty club. And here, the mother load, the bicentennial ball. Moles are on the air in 10. Got it. Seal, you're on bongos. Meet Dave and Dave are on beer. Katie, you're a freshman. Find 2,000 people. They go to this party for all the trustees. Yeah, they have a map where it's all laid out. And they drive Rands. They throw a full keg on top of the the retractable roof and destroy it. They're pulling the bar literally behind the car. (laughs) Now, there's a logic thing I'll mention right now that I don't know if it's in every cut of this movie, but I've seen it before. A huge logic issue in the editing of this. You see Sam on top of that car trying to like come to terms with her destroyed car. Yeah. Whoever it was lended her a cherry red beamer. So it's a continuity issue because it's like they shot it two ways. She actually sees her car destroyed in that scene. After but in that. the final the final take where she Rand goes, know. that's not my car, and he hits the alarm. Yeah. You don't know whose other car that is. No. She's like, it's a random person's car. Yeah, she car. doesn't know, but you see her at some yeah. point seeing the car, so it doesn't make sense. I have one that I want to play that I really love, and again, it's those pit characters. It's the ancillary pit characters, Cecilia and Raj and Deej. So their band is supposed to play the party. Not yes. they're, They don't have any plan for George Clinton to play. The Pitts members are going to play their band. They don't have a name. I mean, they have a whole setup. Yeah. So they, this is the scene where they land on everyone gets laid. Naugahyde windpipe. It's a metal. Oedipus and the Marmers boys. Two college radio. My Johnson is 12 inches long. Interesting, but doesn't sound like a band name. I've got it. Everyone gets laid. Katie, the womenists will be all over us for that one. Ow. Hey, Charles, what do you think about this? Tonight at the pit, everyone gets laid. Mmm, that's tasteless, disgusting, and offensive. I like it. I love that scene. This is shortly before Raji and Deej turn it up to 11 they blow a fuse and they get launched into each other where they pass out and they don't die they, they don't, don't die, die. They, they just should they just drag their lifeless bodies yeah. over to the fireplace yeah. Raji and Deej also take one for the team in sabotaging the final scene and they stick the gra- they take the alka-seltzer and they foam at the mouth and they act pretend to have seizure and stuff grass in their mouth now the one scene that you always quote that i needs to be brought up right here is when all the jocks are the first one to show up at the pit for the party before they see tom and katie outside yeah. the window there are no chicks in here what did i tell you yeah man there's not even any chips 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 Chuck, Porterhouse, Ribeye, I know exactly how you guys are feeling. In fact, I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 When it's like, you know, they have the kegs and all of a sudden draws like beer. And then he goes, we don't even have any chips. Chips, 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 chips. He says... Porterhouse, Porterhouse, ribeye, yeah, T-bone. Call, calls them steaks. And then uh, he's like, what do you do if you have these men breathing down your necks? Oh, I love that. So you quote it all the time. Yeah. We could be eating Beer. something so basic or drinking something completely opposite. You quote it. Yep. I quote this movie all the time. It's so good. 
All right, I, I, that's probably enough best scenes. Yes, I you know let let them let them watch it. And with that said, let's uh, get everyone out of the pool. Pool check. So we are approaching the holiday of Thanksgiving. Yes, we are. So for this week, and maybe it's a little generic, but we're just going to discuss either the best things about Thanksgiving itself and or we can mention some things that we're thankful for. I'll go first. So I'll say I'm thankful for my friends and family, obviously. So the select few in my life who are important, who I'm able to be close to, you know, I'm glad you stuck by my side and I'm glad to be there for you. So thankful for my friends and family. Starting off deep. Now, this here, here comes mine. You go deep right off the bat. I hit you with ocean spray cranberry sauce. Yeah. Cranberry sauce or cranberry juice? Cranberry sauce. Okay. Now, no offense to people that make homemade cranberry sauce. There's, I don't like it. It does. It seems like it, very gelatinous to me. There's chunks. It look doesn't even look like cranberry chunks. In here. I like the chunk. cranberry sauce that you slop it out of the can. That and it has, has the ocean can spray. shape. Yeah. I the want the can shape. Ocean spray cranberry sauce to me tastes like thanksgiving i don't want i'm sorry if you slaved six hours cooking cranberry jello with chunks of shit in it a hunk of this a hunk of that it's gross to me that sometimes it's too sour sometimes it's not sour enough ocean spray since probably the 1960s if hit it right give me the six indentations on the top and the bottom pop it out of the can like somebody's taking a dump and let me eat it. Have you had the Pilgrim from get-go? No. I've heard about it, though. So we in Ohio, Pennsylvania here have Giant Eagle, which is our yes. big grocery store, a big grocery store. And Giant Eagle has their accompanying gas station, Get-Go, yeah. which has made-to-order food. Think Wawa, Sheets. Sheets, whatever one that you have. But we have Get-Go. And at Get-Go, they have a sandwich called the Pilgrim. And it's essentially, it's a sub with cranberry sauce, stuffing, turkey. It's like Thanksgiving on a bun. How we, I've never had it. We got it. We should eat it live on the air. Because <laughs> okay. that's what people want to hear. Sure. <laughs> All right. My number four, do not do it this year. But in this year, it's a reminder how important it is to get together with friends and family periodically. Now that we're unable to do that, it makes you realize having an excuse to get everyone together is one of the best things about Thanksgiving. So yes. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. Friendsgiving, any reason to gather your friends and family, or the people that mean the most to you, whether it is friends, family, whoever, it's nice every once in a while. I, I always think about a few years ago, we had a Christmas party. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. We used to have Halloween parties. You know, you just form great memories of people mm -hmm. when you get them all in one place. We have so many good stories. We've talked about it before. The Incredible Hulk and yeah. Stone Cold Stunning Me. Yeah, so I, I was one of the best things about Thanksgiving is just the fact of getting people together. Again, do not do that shit this year. We had to, well, me personally, had to cancel Thanksgiving plans because, you know, a couple members of my family are health compromised. So it's just going to be my dad and I this year cooking Thanksgiving. Which, you know, I love the fact that me and my dad are going to be doing it, but it's the fact that we can't be around our entire family. Yeah. It's for the greater good. It is. Because we have an out-of-control virus happening right now, and nothing is happening. And, Nobody's doing and anything. And it's going to mean that much more the next time we're able. Next year, when it, we finally get the vaccine out, and then we meet, be like, listen, we have a year to make up on. Let's go nuts. And that's yeah. how great it's going to be. Yes. My next one, once again, not deep. I love stuffing. Stuffing is great. Cool. I prefer putting ketchup on my stuffing. All right. That's not I that weird to me. Load it. 
with ketchup. Do you do homemade stuffing or like homemade, just this? Okay. My mom used to make homemade stuffing. Sometimes we just do the stovetop. Sometimes that's good. Yeah, stovetop. Sometimes good. it's really good. But I can't eat plain stuffing. It's I can't eat plain eggs. I need to have ketchup on it. All right. And I will soak it. I mean, not just liberally. I mean, it just fucking, it's a red wave of ketchup on my stuffing. Do you put ketchup on anything else that's might be construed as weird? Not like I used to. I used to do it on everything. And then I remember as a kid, I used to like bologna sandwiches. One time I put ketchup on bologna right out of the packet and I threw up everywhere. <laughs> and I limited my ketchup usage on food. See, from that there's, point on. I, I don't pretend to know that much about food, but... Food's a science. So it like is. you hear people sometimes like, oh my God, peanut butter on a hamburger is so weird. But really it's like ketchup, ketchup, sugar, salt and sweet yes. are a good combo. Right. So there's, you know, it's just different ways to put sugar and some of those elements on food that's different. And it might have a little bit of a different taste, but it's really just a science. Now, not too long ago, I decided to put a cookies and cream Hershey's kiss melted, like melted three of them. Put it on a nice seasoned burger. The difference between the salt and the sweet, absolutely yeah. perfect. You need no dipping sauce. See, that's why shows like those cooking shows where it's like, we've given you, you know, a rusty screwdriver, a boot we found in the ocean. Yeah. A can of tuna fish. And a hot dog. And a hot dog. It's like, that's why those shows work because no matter how weird they are, you still get down to those sweet, salty, savory elements. Yes. Yeah, I get it. Not not weird about the stuffing with the uh, with the ketchup. Yes. My number three. Ketchup, not catsup, by the way. Yes. I don't want to be catsup savage on Twitter, but <laughs> I need to buy ketchup savage, yes. and I can't. Number three. Thanksgiving is cool because it's still not Christmas. It's very true. I hate Christmas. So Thanksgiving is like both. It's the Super Bowl of meals. And it's the last day, well, at least it used to be, the last day before everyone shifts to Christmas. You get into a mode. So it's nice that Thanksgiving is still not Christmas. That's true. Yeah, but now, I mean, the last several years, you people start their shopping on Christmas. Because of the virus, people have returned to their senses where there's no shopping on Christmas. Yes, which is smart. Thank God yes. for that. There's restaurants open, but not like takeout. Yes, but not shopping, you know, no, no, no major retailers. We just had two console launches and this was the first time because I used to stay in line overnight to get con. I remember getting the PS2, the Wii. This is the first time when Sony and Microsoft said, we're only doing online orders. None will be available in the store. We do not want people congregating. Yep. Thankful they're for that. They're still doing it. You still, they're still idiots. Well, there's asshole, ignorant people out there that don't get it. Yes. My number three, football. There's nothing better then the trip the fans starting to kick in, you're on the couch with your family. I don't know if you're feeling uncomfortable, buckle your pants a little bit. Even your family's there. Just don't whip your dick out. Can, can be a little awkward. Be like, hey, why is Uncle Joe whipping his dick out watching football? That's just what he does. Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Check out my videos at J12 series. Hey, mom's, mom's going to serve all our grandparents Thanksgiving dinner in bed. She's going to make it all herself. Yeah. And these lazy grandparents are going to like my there. grandfather has my other one has no eyes. So you have to feed him his food. <laughs> There's just a, it's always your traditional football teams. It's Green Bay, Detroit, yep. Dallas, Kansas City. It's I find a, a little bit harder to enjoy football on Thanksgiving. I like that it's all day. There's three games now on Thanksgiving, but it used to be so much better when there wasn't Thursday night football. I don't like too much of a good thing. Yeah, I like football on 
Sundays and Mondays. That's it. Yeah. Football used to be all day Sunday, one game on Monday. Perfect. Then you, Thanksgiving was a special thing. Yes. But now it, there's Thursday night football every week. I hate it. And those games are usually a dud. And these teams will even, they don't like it either. No, they don't like it. It screws up everything. And so that's a little tainted for me, the Thanksgiving football. So still cool. I, I, I will still watch it. It's just a little bit tainted. Yes. All right. My number two, Jim, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that you Shit. produce this podcast weekly. You do a ton of work editing this. I'm thankful for your hard work. Well, it doesn't help it. <laughs> the laptop I do it on is considerably old and slow, but it's the best I can do right now. Yeah. So I'm thankful for you for allowing, you know, us to continue to do this. Uh, hopefully eventually we can bail you out. We can get a producer, but for now, you know what though? Even people have asked me this because I said, usually an hour podcast runs me roughly four hours to edit. People have said, why don't you pay? Or one day, would you like to have a producer? I could never do it. I could not turn this over to somebody to edit because I've done this for so long. My degree is in production. People have their different ways to edit things and add things and put in their own joie de vivre. If you will, I could never turn it over. I couldn't do it because it's going to be different and I'm not, I need to yeah. be hands on. Yeah. So I'm it. fine with this, but dude, it, it, it leads into mine. It, I wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for you. I mean, this has been fun as hell. We've talked about this for a long time before we let up starting to do this in June. It's crazy. We've already been doing this for nearly six months already, but we've talked about this for a long time. And I think over a year ago, I might've told you in passing, no, we should do a podcast. I've had this name in the back of my mind, the the pool scene podcast. It's the iconic scene in 80s movies and growing up coming of age as a man, you hit puberty and you remember that scene. I thought it'd be a cool, catchy name. We lucked out that nobody else had that yeah. name, which is shocking. But me and you just have this tendency to just hit on everything. We like the same dumb shit. Yeah. We laugh at the stuff you probably shouldn't laugh at. We have these tired moments, especially when we do this podcast where something, the Alan Jackson yes. thing, for instance, was just the dumbest strike of gold yeah, when funny. you said the Alan Jackson comment and it's just led into this segment. It's the dumb shit. Like we golf together. We do this together. We go thrift hunting together. It's pretty fucking awesome to have, you know, I consider you a brother, a brother yeah. from another mother and it's yeah, fun as hell. Uncle Jim. Yes, um, I am Uncle Jim. So I will give a piece of advice to anyone listening that I heard that I think is fantastic. And I actually say it all the time. Once we started this podcast and we continue to do it week by week now for six months. Consistently too. Consistently. That's a hard to Anybody. Do. Once you start, you are then closer to your goal than you were before. So don't quit. Keep going. Yeah. So anybody out there, if there's, if you want to be a photographer, if you want to do a podcast, you want to do professional gaming, whatever it is, just get started. Yeah. That is the hardest step. Start it. And then once you start, you're closer to achieving it than you are to going back and quitting. I mean, we always talk about the fact Kevin and I would both love, you know, to get sponsors for the show, to start making money off. I mean, that's the goal. You know, a lot of goals for a lot of podcasts. I'd love to have that. It would help you get even buy more equipment, you know, make things better for all of you that are listening out there. And we're go we're doing it incrementally. You know, this is part of the journey and I get it. Sometimes it's patience. I've talked to people who said it's been two years and I mean, we got excited when we got to a hundred likes on Facebook Yeah, right. and we're trying to get to a hundred follows on Instagram, hashtag Insta pool 100. If it wasn't for you guys 
And there's a lot of you out there that and, are supporting us. I will say us. right there, to transition, that's my number one. Yeah. I'm, I'm most thankful for every single person who listens to this podcast. Yes. If you listen to it because you hate us, if you listen to it because you love us, yeah. if you interact with us on social media, if you just listen silently, you don't tell anyone else, we're still thankful for you. You, have, you guys have no idea how much just A, one, thumbs up, or a yes. share, or when I look at the data... Who's been downloading this? Yeah. Even if it said your downloads have gone up 1% in the past week. That's huge. Yes. For me, that's yep. huge. Yep. And I love it. So we are thankful to every single person who, you know, takes the time out of their week to listen to us. And we hope that in some way we make you laugh. We contribute something. We give you a piece of information that you didn't previously Escape know. Escape the world. We turn you onto a movie you've never seen, yeah. you know anything, whatever it is, we are happy to be there for you. And we're going to continue to do this. So thank you to all of our listeners. I totally agree. And my last one is kind of close to home for me. Holidays are always rough for me. And it's kind of been rough for me since I lost my mom. When I was a kid, uh, I can remember going like Black Friday shopping back, you know, before the world ended. And my mom taking me to Toys R Us when the Toys R Us at the Eastwood Mall was huge. It used to be a massive Toys R Us for a little kid. And going down the aisles and seeing all the video game systems locked up behind loose sight and you had to pull the ticket and go up to yep. the game cage. I remember being a little kid. I was like, when I grow up, I want to work in that game cage because I'm around all the games and it'll be awesome. <laughs> My mom taking me to Toys R Us as a kid was huge. My mom taking me just to the mall and, or out in Boardman. I don't know, Boardman, Ohio. I don't know how many of you guys remember Children's Palace. See, I don't have much. I, I know what Children's Palace yeah. is. I don't have any memory of it being there. It used to be, uh, in other regions of the country, it used to be called like Children's World. It was just sometimes it would be another Toys R Us, but they would have different shit than our Toys R Us. Yeah. It was those bondy moments I had with my mom, because my mom, bless her heart, you don't realize this till you get older, folks. And remember, your parents aren't going to be around forever. And unfortunately... My mom was only 68 when she died, so I didn't have my mom around forever. But it's just those moments where I would see something on TV. My mom would see what kind of joy that would give me. And my mom would work midnights. My mom, my mom worked at Packard for 27 years. She'd work midnights. She would try to get a, a nod job to make sure I would get that. I remember waking up Christmas morning. And granted, I was the only child, so I would be spoiled. If I saw something on TV that would make me remotely smile or happy, I'd wake up Christmas morning. There it was. Yep. Just remember, everybody, hold your loved ones close. Always say that you love them because you will never know when the last time you say goodbye can be. Don't mean to get deep. Don't yeah. mean to edit on that. But that's what I'm thankful for. The times I had when my mom was still around. And thank God I have an amazing dad. If it wasn't for my dad right now, to be quite honest, folks, what I went through with my mom, I probably wouldn't be here anymore. So I want to say, I love you, mom. And I love my dad. And I'm still glad I got an amazing family around me. So that's my number one. Well said my, uh, my father passed away. He was 60. So it sucks, man. It's, it's rough. It's, you know, it can make you, as I said, I hate Christmas, but for different reasons. I mean, my, my, my dad passed away in early December and it's like (laughs) never that big of a Christmas fan anyway. So again, Hopefully a lot of you have better, you know, experiences where you can enjoy the holidays, Christmas. And and I saying I hate Christmas is is tongue in cheek. Yeah, I have the same thing too. I mean, you yeah. got two daughters now, so it's now it's a different thing. Exactly. And I and I 
I'm in those shoes where I want to do everything I can, you know, to make the the holidays special for them in some way. So this year I've made a conclusion that I'm going to go all out. I'm putting a tree back up because I know my mom would love it. So yeah. this year I'm going full bore. I'm putting on White Christmas. I'm putting on Die Hard. Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. Just, just wait until at least Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, at least don't don't do it today. No, give I'm not going to do it today. Give it a week. after Thanksgiving is okay. tradition. So a couple we didn't uh, just to transition a little bit. A couple we didn't mention. Some people might say the shopping because it is open. Yeah. Uh, and the nap, the Thanksgiving nap. Oh, this isn't a trip fan, to fan nap. And you just take a little bit of a nap in the middle of the day. And this is the first year I don't have to work on Thanksgiving. This is yeah, great. Only because of the virus. Though. Only because no, Otherwise, you would have been working 14 hours. Well, there is a volunteer thing where you could work Thanksgiving. I'm like, no, this no. is the first time I can actually have Thanksgiving and not have to keep looking at the clock. So something else I can remember about Thanksgiving, which is a weird thing, is I don't know where Thanksgiving falls for you as far as yeah. important holidays. But the fact that it's right next to Arbor Day, college kids and such return home for thanksgiving because you've got christmas a month later yeah and that seems like the big one this would be the biggest dj weekend of the year exactly and that's where and that's where i was going so people come home for thanksgiving despite christmas being a month later and getting a christmas break people come home it's the biggest party day of the year the the night before thanksgiving was the best and i can remember going out night before thanksgiving you know when i was in college or just with friends before they all moved away and stuff and there was always some, there was always a show, you know, some band playing or just it, the bars would be packed. You Eddie just, Money playing at McMenemies. Yeah. Just <laughs> cocaine, the music video. You uh, just have to be careful, you know, yeah. and please don't do it this year. Hopefully no, the don't. bars close. Um, I think bars close at 10, so you can't pull that off. All right. With that said, a little bit sentimental, but we, we've got that gear in us. Yeah. So everybody back in the pool for a nice chili dip. Guess it wasn't shit, guys. We can get back in now. So, critical question. What do I have? We're both college graduates. Yep. This movie features tons of different groups that eventually come together. The Pit, Young Republicans, Vegans, Hippies. Womenists. Womenists, Diligent Students, and so on. Where did you fit in on campus? I was a commuter. (laughs) So, when I got to campus, I looked forward to driving home. (laughs) I didn't interact in the school environment. What I did, I was on Black Squirrel Radio. When I was up at Kent, that was my thing where i was part of a little you know i had the number one morning show at kent state not to brag but adderall nation was number one i also like to think that i was the howard stern of college radio because i got fired (laughs) from a volunteer job on college radio because i decided to speak out against the bullshit of the college president and the student-run organization that did Black Squirrel Radio. So that was my thing. Or martyr. With my buddy Chase Fisher. Shout out to the new sports director down there in Zanesville. Uh, my experience in college was kind of great as far as finding a, a home or a group. I was a telecommunications major, English minor with a focus on writing, but um, television and radio is what we did. As a sophomore, I started working in the audio lab, which I've mentioned before. Essentially, it was our own pit. It was... Yeah a designated area of a building that had tons of computer. It was like a computer lab, but nobody else like 
random students wouldn't just wander into the audio lab. It was in such a remote part, hidden somewhere, that only TCOM students knew about it. And I got a job there for three years. I worked there. And your job was to sit behind the desk, basically. It was like the only role for working in the audio lab is just you had to sit in a designated place. And because in my three years in working there, no one ever checked out a piece of equipment. Yeah. And we would have games and we had PlayStation set up in there and you just really build a camaraderie with people like-minded people, you know, which is a great thing, especially in college. Yeah. And you know, we would talk about wrestling and movies and we would buy movies and bring them there and what, like you'd get everybody to sit there and watch a movie in peace. Yeah. Quiet. It's so weird to think you get a bunch of college kids who would respectfully sit and watch a movie without screwing around. So weird. I went to school for three years and I dropped out and I ended up going back a couple years later. So when I came back into college, I was an NDA, uh, yeah. NTA, non-traditional yeah. student. Yes. Jesus. I don't even know my own, uh, non-traditional re- asshole. Yeah. Non-traditional asshole. The amazing thing is though, I have four amazing college buddies and I was the old guy. Like I'd be yeah. the one they call yeah. old man or gray bush. I'm starting to get gray bush. However, it's pretty cool to have those four guys. Yeah. Like two of them just reached out to me today. We always check in on one another and they're 10 years younger than me or 12 yeah. years younger, but it's such a good experience to have a group of people, no matter what your age to just bond with. Now I, I will say something that I don't know that I regret it, but Oh God. Um, in the audio lab, they had an office in the front of it. So there were like little all the audio projects were done in very nice little studios, okay. sealed doors, you know, soundproof boots. They used to do some radio from there. Now, why is Youngstown State, where I got my degree from, I also went to Kent State for a few years, but Youngstown State, where I got my degree from, has one of the most powerful college radio stations in the country. W-Y-S-U. But they do not designate it for student use. That's how Kent State is. I they have WKSU. It. That's why we had Black Squirrel Radio, which was the online radio. Yes. And there's different, now there's different avenues for, for kids who want it, but they play classical music in NPR. Yeah, that's Great, it. Great, fine. But- let the students run the radio. There's enough students. There's enough. See, that's a double-edged sword because I had nothing but bad. Because I, I understood how radio worked. Yeah. But when you have kids that don't give a shit and True. you let them run it, yeah, horseshit. Yeah. So you'd have, anyway, these soundproof booths. You'd have where the radio station you know could have operated from. Yeah. And there was an office. So eventually they put this new professor, a woman in, and this is neither here nor there. It has nothing to was do with she a, a womanist. Woman. No. Okay. But there were a lot of guys in there. Definitely like a locker room type environment. Yeah. It's a fraternity. And yes. And one day, you know, some stories are being told about this and that she comes in this room and made the rest of our college experience awkward in a one minute rant. Yeah. She went nuts on like, I mean, totally screaming to the point of like losing her voice, yelling at every, She's like, I'm just in my office trying to do whatever. And I have to listen to this, these conversations. We had no idea she could hear us. You yeah. Know, she's in her office, but she did not appreciate it. I can imagine. And uh, yeah, so that was like. Good thing that was my senior year because it was, uh, it made things a little awkward for the rest of tenure on campus. Okay, let's get into logic. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Thank you, David McCall. I'm sorry that I interrupted you. (laughs) I don't want you showing up at my house and yelling silencia at me through the deal. Um, so I could have included this elsewhere, but this is the big thing I mentioned at the top of the podcast. I don't know. I never knew this and maybe you did. And to me, it's huge, but it would, it totally would change this entire movie. So George Clinton 
and Parliament Funkadelic were actually the third choice for the band at the party. Okay. They were not the original. Now, you got to remember, this movie was made actually 92, 93. Yep. Sat on the shelf for a year. God, I hope you say TLC. The second choice, but they were not popular yet stateside, Goo Goo Dolls. Wow. The number one choice for this movie, but they started to take off a bit and their asking price was too much. Please say it's Jim Blossoms. Nirvana. Whoa. Yeah. Can you imagine Smells Like Teen Spirit in the pit? It's totally different. Oh my God. George Clinton is fun, upbeat atmosphere, and it's like... Yeah, Nirvana playing the pitch so weird. Man, so it totally seems now that, man, we ran out of our first two options. Hey, hey, Dave, do you know anybody? I know a guy who knows somebody who worked for George Clinton. Yes. Okay, see if George will get it for a bag of weed. That's <laughs> man, what it seems like Probably, now. but Nirvana changes the whole, they wouldn't, they might be like mosh, but nobody, like, imagine, okay. At that time, imagine like. Incesticide? Was the album? It was uh, like Muddy Banks of Warshaw. Like it was like yeah. early stuff. Yeah. So imagine how much it would have changed this movie though. Because it would have been different. Isn't Nirvana before they took off? Yep. People would have watched this movie in retrospect to see Nirvana before they blew up. And you know this movie would have taken off. Oh yeah. It would have done time. way better with Nirvana. Oh, big time. But think about the scene where all the, the campus groups, you know, the there's a, a, a black group. Right there in the quad. There's a gay group. There's Free Nelson Mandela. Vegans. There's all these different groups. It's a different experience if they're standing in line waiting to pay $5 to see Nirvana. Big time. Like, hey, is that Nirvana inside? To me, George Clinton works a lot better. It would have. I wish it was LaBouche or. Oh, real McCoy. Real McCoy. You know my love for European mid-90s dance music. But could you imagine how segregated the pit, not in a racial term, yes. but I'm saying in a student body term. Right. At the pit. It's a grunge band from Seattle. Right. The music of George Clinton's dancing and people get high and drinking. So it's like the frats, the women is the every group was able to have fun, but like Nirvana, they wouldn't have happened. Yeah. There weren't, you guys are going to see these other groups that are mocking. Imagine that scene outside the pit where George Clinton's starting to play up and the, you hear the one black guy yeah. go, sounds like another one of the white man's lies yes. to me. Now imagine that's Nirvana. would be like, he ain't lying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Walks away. We're leaving. Did you have any logic that you want to mention? I have a couple, but I have a couple. The pre-frosh Tom mm -hmm. meat tosser. Mm -hmm. They tripped the cord and hit all their theses. Do you think after that, in actuality, that pre-frost runs the hell off campus and gets the hell out of town? He ain't going to stay. Not right. even for Katie. Right. No way. He's the most accident-prone human in history. And probably the most athletic. Well, think it all about starts that. with... Tom, man, here's a pre-frost. I told him you show him around. Hi. No can do. Won't got can or won't. Can't, man. It's grunge night. The Vienna house. The Merkins are opening for Frog and Toad, our friends. I got to psych up for the show. Frog and Toad, our friends. That's with the guy from The Clash, right? The, the Clash. I don't know if you're aware of this, Gutter, but there actually was music recorded before 1989. What is this? You're going to wear this to the show. You're going to wear the shirt of the band you're going to go see. Don't be that guy. Draws walking him across campus. He tries to push his responsibility onto Malls. Mulaney. Hello, what's up? Good to see you. Is this a free Yes, it is. And you're showing him around the campus? Actually, you know that's really swell. Now, you got to make sure that he gives you the special bicentennial tour. 200 years of bullshit. You little bitch. Yeah, now we're even for the milk bones. You signed me up as a weekend host. You swing bag. Sucker. What? Milk bones? <sighs> Spring break, I filled a suitcase with dog biscuits coming back from Jamaica. 
Drug sniffing dogs went ape shit. Yeah. And Maul says, no way, whatever. He put dog bones in his suitcase at the airport. Yeah. Drug sniffing dogs went ape shit. Yeah. So Draws has to give Tom the tour. And essentially the first offense against Tom is he takes the fall for something the pit does. Yes. The pit throws a bunch of meat, which magically turn into potatoes. On a at, quiet vegan protest. Yes, on a vegan protest. And then they all escape because they have like a hidden route. Tom does not escape. Mm-mm. So there he gets chased by the vegans. He like runs into other group. He trips over the cords. He pisses off everybody. on Everybody. Campus, which I'll transition into. So Tom trips over the cords. I don't vividly remember technology in 1994, but this likely would only erase their theses up until their last save. Correct? Yeah. Unless they didn't save it. So anything it, th- that's your fault. If you don't save periodically, it's your fault. So he Plus, trips why up. would you have expo- you would have at least a cover over those absolutely, cords. Absolutely. It's just exposed cords. Yeah. Right in the middle of the, the hallway, which he trips over. But in my opinion, he he trips over those cords. You might have lost a couple sentences, but if you're not saving periodically, that's on you. Exactly. So And the other thing I don't get now, what we know of the pit was it had an illustrious you know, the balls and shaft where they're relocated mm-hmm. the young Republicans are in like a little basement sconces and shit i mean yeah. it's still kind of you know elegant however a group of misfits like the, first of all the pit's gigantic this oh it's this huge. house is massive yeah it's stuff you would see in a historical district in a downtown there's like somewhere. eight kids there's no way in hell the college a is going to let these kids last that long with all those violations b let eight kids who you go from this down the hallway of the pit there's these pictures of all the classes that have been a part of this fraternity to the point they don't even have a fraternity name anymore. It's just the pit. Yeah. Eight people on a Polaroid that falls off the wall. You're telling me as a prestigious university like Porchester, you're going to let these people constantly violate all these rules and stay in a massive complex. Absolutely not. No way in hell. These people could live and it would be better off. They could live on an off-campus house, just like buy a two-story animal house. house. It's literally animal house. The Delta yeah, house. Yes. Just get them a house. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because they would consider that fraternity i don't know but yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying it's crazy when tom and katie kiss at the party clear as day he calls her megan see i never realized which is this. the actress's real name how does this make it into the movie you can't miss it so they kind of hit it off at first they get separated while tom's getting chased around campus he's getting drunk at the party and he tells draws i'm I'm 18. I'm having the greatest weekend of my life. What so am I doing drunk. talking to you? Yeah. So when he finally sees Katie, they kind of bump into each other and he says, Hey, Megan. And then they, I think they kiss, but like, how yeah. does no, like when you edit a movie and you edit this podcast, yeah. you listen to the same thing over and over and over Especially and over again. Stickler. Yes. How do they not notice the way he's turned when he says it? Mm-hmm. They could have almost cut the audio out. Yeah. And you wouldn't have noticed his lips move or anything. Plus, like we've talked about, Bachner was no ad-libbing. Follow script. Right. So he's so hardcore about following his script. How the fuck does he miss this in post? Yeah. That's incredible to me. Unless he mailed it in, just fuck it. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's very strange when movie mistakes like that happen, but... This one's unforgivable. Oh, horribly unforgivable. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some legacy. Yes. The cult 
cult movie. Yeah, to me, it's a cult movie. It's one of the best college movies there is. I mean, I almost, as a critical question, asked you Mm. best college movies. Animal House, this. Animal House, Revenge of the Nerds, the first one. Yeah. Even the second one. Yeah. This one. I have, I know you don't like this, but I have How High. Great college movie. School ties. <laughs> school ties. That's not college though, is it? Yeah. They're it all there to prep school. Yeah. Van Wilder, stuff like that. Yeah. Is kind of. Van Wilder is just another take on yeah. Animal House. Yeah. I would put PCU. It's up there. Because it, it, it hit a nerve and it's still kind of pertinent. PCU also seems like the movie Jeremy Piven would now deny he was ever in. Yeah. Because he just seems like that kind of prick. Yes. So I will say the legacy would have been much larger had they cast Nirvana. If they paid for Nirvana, if they paid for Nirvana, as you said, this movie would have taken up because this would this would have been released right on the cusp of grunge and Nirvana just completely taken over. They would have re-released this movie in theaters. Yes. And every because I know a few like hardcore Nirvana fans. Yeah. I knew a kid in high school who dressed like Kurt Cobain. I think he still dresses like Kurt Cobain. Probably does. Knew everything about him, wore the same shoes, same clothes. That same hair, everything. He would have watched this movie on repeat just because of the Kurt Cobain connection. This movie would have made a ton. When you think Jeremy Piven, they'd be like, oh, remember Jeremy Piven? He was in PCU. Yeah. PCU would have had a bigger notoriety. Now, another thing about Legacy that's pretty interesting is that, and this is a great college movie, Jeremy Piven returned to college in old school. That's right. He playing did. Playing the Dean. That's right. That they called Cheese. <laughs> So he was in old school, which old school is a, a take yeah, on a college movie. It's a movie. non-traditional student college movie. It's great. It's, it's really great. funny. So that's about all I have for Legacy. So stick around for some plugs. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at pool scene podcast also at pool scene pod on the twitter also if you want to drop us a line send us an email at pool scene podcast at gmail.com any movie ideas we have some amazing movies coming up if there's a movie you want us to cover let us know you're on the journey with us and now back to kevin as always thank you everyone for joining us now this is sort of our unofficial thanksgiving episode yes it's sort of like it's a college movie and everyone returns home from college to you know for thanksgiving break so it kind of works in that way um we are getting about to the halfway point uh close to about a third of the way in yep to uh season three we've got some exciting things coming up we hope you've enjoyed everything through season three so far and we do ask that you please reach out let us know what movies you want to see uh let us know what pool checks you want to hear us talk about yeah don't forget to subscribe and rate and follow and participate in the pool check you know we tell you our favorites of whatever it is we're covering you know reach out tell us what your favorite thing about thanksgiving is just yeah you know, post it to our wall. Do whatever. Let us know. I didn't mean to get so emotional on <laughs> the pool check this week. It kind of hit me at one point. No, it's it's good. That's um, fun. You know, this is always fun. I love doing this. No, we've got some exciting ones and some funny ones coming up. And if you need a, a stress relief, just refer to our after hours pool check, which was, again, a lot of fun to record. And, uh, you know, we hope to do some more of those in the future. Yeah, hang up a picture of Alan Jackson. That wasn't a pool check, so that was fun. Yeah, he, uh, he wants to build a ladder to heaven. <laughs> 
So everybody can look at his ass the whole way up. Yep. Let's uh, let's cut this thing, and we'll see you next week. Until then. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Silencia. Silencia.